The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Welcome to Medgenomics. We have today, as always, a show about our financial situation, economy, the world, the state, the sin. And while today we won't be speaking a whole lot about finances, everything's related to that. If you study history, if you review history, when a nation prospered, they lived by God's commandments and His Christian principles, or Jewish principles before Christ came. Israel failed when it violated those principles. And one of the areas it always suffered from was what connected everybody was either government or either financial. And really in cases of admonition, both. Because if a war comes from government or oppression, that affects finances also. So these things are intertwined and of the same in many ways. But it's all a result of our sins. It's a result of our not living the principles of what God's shown us, especially during Christendom these last 2,000 years, when we will go wayward away from it, we suffer the consequences for that. Those consequences don't show up immediately. But they come. They will not stall. They will not be delayed. But it's God's mercy that they don't come immediately to give us a chance, like in Nineveh, to change things around as Jonah did. They repented. Sodom didn't. One got the consequences, one didn't. But when man goes so far, so extreme, that the mentalities can't be corrected in completeness, there is purification that comes from that. And so it is, Our Lady said with the seventh secret to Mariana, that it would be mitigated, but it is not possible to avoid the secrets. So it's coming. What's coming? Consequences of living wayward and without the principles of Christ. We're inheriting an inheritance that even things people did in the 50s and the way we lived is coming to be cashed in now. 
Satan wants to show his shameful face. He wants to tally. He wants justice. And his justice is destruction. And that's his game and his aim. And so it is we have the churches are silent. We're not supposed to be speaking about politics or rather not politics, but political matters. When everything is tied, every moral issue is tied to something political. It's important that we make an understanding of that. Things that are being edict. Things that are guiding us. Things that are forcing us now to do things against our will. has a lot to do with political. And we've got a right to speak about that. And we've been so brainwashed and the church is so conditioned that you can't that we remain silent. So Ruth join us in the studios today and she'll be reading the explanation of this, that we have not given up our rights and we should not give up our rights and we cannot give up our rights. On Sunday, October 2nd, hundreds of pastors all over the country did something an astonishingly large number of their fellow Americans had forgotten they had the God-given right to do namely, address political issues and candidates during a worship service. Across the nearly 60 years since the then U.S. Senator Lyndon Johnson pushed through an amendment to the IRS code threatening any church or pastor who gets involved in politics with IRS reprisals, specifically the loss of churches' tax-exempt status, Conventional wisdom has congealed around the idea that pastors must stay out of politics. The First Amendment states that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. You'll note the founders did not bar Congress from prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press. And make no mistake, every political question is, at root, a moral issue. That is the underlying reason for the every legal effort to silence and sabotage the participation of churches and pastors in the political process, the recognition that, on moral issues, those who take their faith seriously and commit themselves as groups and individuals to the truth of Scripture, inevitably carry a different and often more substantial moral authority than the government and its elected leaders. The moral admonitions of outspoken pastors have played a critical role at every critical juncture in our history, spearheading, among other things, the abolition of slavery and the civil rights movement. If to assert that moral authority, pastors must make a united stand through events like Pulpit Freedom Sunday, they're doing nothing more than what their own forefathers did 200-plus years ago. They're throwing off not only the illegitimate legal shackles that would chain them to an unreasonable and ungodly silence, but the popular misconceptions that have for too long intimidated Christian leaders from sharing the enduring wisdom of a thoughtful biblical perspective on the issues that most impact us as a nation. And so we're faced at this moment with something that's been building for several decades. And that momentum's being built that at some point in time is to take charge or take over. And it's very evident this is happening now to force us in positions that we find ourselves as early Christians. Will we accept Christ and his principles? Or will we deny them? Will we give our life for that? How far will we go? Even the most liberal bishop is speaking out, which is a hurrah from the populace of the Catholic Church, of the people who have been begging for this. It's they who in union said, we cannot, we will not comply with this unjust law. So where does that put us? Where are we going to go with this? 
The powers that be have been working for so long, you think they're just going to turn around and give this up, tuck their tail and leave? Uh-uh, don't even think about that. Don't even buy into the lie. Don't talk with the demon. Remember, incredibly, it's Our Lady who said, August 2nd, 2011, evil wants to begin to rule. And then February 2nd, she comes and tells us, just recently, 2012, pride has come to rule. Lucifer and all his angels, holy, worshiping God, were beautiful, pure. Heaven was one. And jealousy, he conceived just a germ in his heart, in his very being, and it grew. And he contagious to others. This disease. And then heaven was in rebellion. And it boils down for one reason. Pride. So when our lady says pride has come to rule, she means the devil himself has come to rule. Yes, it's through people. They may be of the possession. There's people out there that are very evil, wicked-minded people that have worked for decades to do what they do and circumvent Anything that stands for good. Any principles. And to erase those Christian principles. And now they make the move. They lie along the way. Obama told Dolan, oh, we're not going to do that. Dolan, Bishop Dolan now says he was betrayed. But we saw this because we've been following our lady's messages. She's been warning us. She said, as... Individuals, my children, you cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rule. We're not going to stop it. This is here. And now she says, Satan, pride, has come to rule. It's at our doorsteps. It's remarkable. This is a moment in history. This is it. Our lady came for this in 1981. She's going to try to walk us through it. But yet she says, you can't stop it. He wants to begin, and we didn't. Three months later, it's well, actually, August is February, it now has come to rule. But a lady adds with that August message that you cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rule in this world and destroy it. What we're seeing right now, what the bishops are speaking out finally about, what we're all up in arms about as Christians is this is much bigger than a conscience being broken or forced to do things that we shouldn't do. It's a conscientious thing that or breaking of our conscience and forcing us to collaborate with evil or suffer the consequences. But the real goal is this. Begin to rule in this world and destroy it. But Our Lady adds, but according to God's will, all together, with my son, you can change everything and heal the world. People, stand up. One people under God, you better stand up. How serious is it? We've been alerted like last week to another clip that we brought on. Sean Hanton, who's Catholic, is interviewing a Baptist. I don't think he's a minister. I think he's heads part of the Catholic of the Baptist organization. And another woman who is defending this violation of conscience, and her points are so radical, her points are so so in the lie, that it's kind of shaking, earth-shaking in a way. How can they even defend this position to force Christians to do something and yet they've got the words, the verbiage, everything titled just right. Where they can have people who have no wisdom, no understanding, no prayer, no fasting, and convince them, well, people got a right to do this. So this is already in the middle of this show, so we'll go and join this uh, Is Jamu Green, Fox News contributor, Define America, and Dr. Richard Land, who is the president of the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, and he joins us now, and she uh, joins us well as well on our newsmaker lines. Guys, welcome back. Hi, Sean. Welcome, ba- welcome to you, Sean. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, I'm not sure where you stand on this new development today. 
Uh, I, can I call you pastor? I, I assume you're a pastor. Uh, Richard's fine. Yes, I am, but Richard's fine. Nah, um, I, I'll call you by your title. Uh, but anyway, and you know, you served as the president of the Southern uh, Baptist Convention. Well, no, I'm actually the president of their Ethics and Religious, Religious Liberty Commission. Oh, since 1988, I understand, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So the president comes out today and says, no, 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 you, every woman's going to get it for free. Free. That it's just it's not going to be coming from the church. It's just going to come from the health care insurer. Yeah. Now, who pays for the health care insurer if you're an employee? The employer. And, in the, and it shows either an appalling ignorance or an appalling lack of sensitivity to the fact that many religious groups like Southern Baptist, there are 16 million of us, we self-fund our own insurance through an organization called Guidestone. 200,000 or so pastors, uh, church workers, uh, doctors, nurses, hospital employees, missionaries on the foreign mission field, home missionaries, social workers. And to say that our insurance company is going to pay for it is the same thing as asking the church to pay for it. And while we do not have a problem with birth control that does not allow conception to take place, we do have a problem with abortifacients. And we also stand in, in, uh, in concert with our Catholic brothers and sisters who do have a problem with the conception mandate. You know, I'm really glad to hear you say violate, that. That conscience should never be violated. In other words, that you are standing on the principle of religious liberty and religious right. freedom and not having the government mandate against a religion and a deeply held faith, even though you have a disagreement on a specific issue of which is contraception. That's right. Well, I think that's a really strong principle position, and it's not just – uh, Baptists and Methodists uh, and Protestants. It's also uh, people in the Jewish community and elsewhere. They they too are standing on the liberty, uh, religious freedom issue. Um, go ahead. Yes, they are. And look, you need to. They, people need to understand. This is not a preference. Our forefathers died and went to prison to to secure these liberties, and we're not going to surrender them. Let me go to you, Jamu. If people want birth control, and that's part of the issue. But the real issue is here, why would you support the government and mandate that the church with deeply held uh, religious positions and, and issues of conscience, why would you support the government mandate that they violate their own teachings and violate their own conscience? Why? Why would you support that? Why would you not support religious freedom? Well, son, this is America, and... Religious liberty and protecting women's health care are both core American values, and they don't have to be in conflict. I think the president's new path forward means that women will have access to free birth control no matter where they work, and no religious organization right. will be I, required. Listen, I, I don't want you talking part. points. I want you to answer a specific question. The end result here is religious organizations will be forced to provide health insurance that provides these services that go directly against the church's teachings. Why would the gov- why would you support a government mandate like that? Well, Sean, I think you're also dismissing the individual's religious freedom. And why should an employee be subject to her employer's religious beliefs? Because we have freedom of religion, and if you don't agree with the teachings of the Catholic Church in this case, or in the teachings of a Baptist church in another case, in the case of uh, these these morning after pills, etc. You don't have to go work for them. You have choice, Sean. If um, and you can uh, also go. I, I know this is really far fetched, but you can actually, actually buy your own birth control. That its employees had to abide by Sharia law. I know one of the first people to be the loudest uh, opponents to it would be Sean Hannity. You know something. So this is an well, argument. They're not, they're not asked. Wait What's a minute. The they're not. Here? They're not being asked to abide by Sharia law. The, the they're being the 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 question here is. Not, they, they can use birth control. They can, they can use abortifacients. They just can't force people who believe it's unconscionable to pay for it. Listen, you know, make your analogy. With, you know, you're comparing apples and oranges. The reality yeah. is with health insurance across the board, and, and there's, there's, this is a proven fact within the insurance company, health insurance plans that cover birth control are actually cheaper than the ones that don't. So what? So, you're so what? That's a utilitarian argument. That's a utilitarian argument. It's not necessarily paying to cover it. You're paying more not to cover it's it. It's not the issue, no. Pastor. Sorry. It, it, look, you're using a utilitarian argument to argue a moral issue. That's sort of sad. 
I don't care if it costs more or it costs less. Jamo, you got to stop. Jamo, you got to stop interrupting everybody. It doesn't matter if it costs more or it costs less. The fact is, you're asking people to pay for something that is unconscionable. And by the way, this is also true for individuals. If if you force Baptists and Catholics out of the health insurance business, and the Obama administration declares in Obamacare that all health insurance plans will cover um, will cover contraception and sterilization and abortifacients, then every individual in the country who has moral qualms about this will have to choose between having health insurance or violating their conscience. How un-American is that? Can I answer? Because I, I don't want to interrupt, but every time I start talking, I get interrupted. The fact is the Catholic Health Association... A ministry of Catholic Church comprised of more than 600 hospitals and 1,400 long-term care and other health facilities in all 50 states. This is the largest group of non-profit health care providers in the nation. They are okay with the president's policy. I think that's well, so it then let them do it. But but what the, those that aren't shouldn't be compelled to. You're making you know it wouldn't matter if there were just 10 people who disagreed. They have a constitutional right and a protection not to have their free exercise of faith and their freedom of conscience suborned by government edict. You're making majoritarian and utilitarian arguments. I want to hear a moral argument. I want to hear a moral argument for violating people's conscience. What do you you say to the 58% of women who use oral contraceptives for medical reasons that aren't related to birth control. I don't have a problem with contraception. Their health care covered to reduce the rates of ovarian cancer. Ma'am, you're not listening. You simply don't listen. You don't listen. Their employer's religious beliefs need to be dictated to them. You don't listen. You don't listen. No one's saying they can't. You can get it free at any, go to any government clinic and they'll give you contraception. They'll give you birth control pills free. That's not true. This is not a. That's not true. that's not true. Well, it that's is true. And, and, un- and you're making moral, you're not making and moral when arguments. Have, when you do have health care centers like Planned Parenthood that are under attack and being in states that are trying to defund them and some of those states that have been successful in pulling back money from these, from these health centers to then say that we're going to fight the efforts to, to provide birth control to the most vulnerable communities and we're going to take it away so that your employers aren't are required to provide. You know, you're you're arguing an issue that we're not where, even where barely. Excuse me. A, let me jump in. <laughs> you are arguing an issue that is is different than what we're even talking about. That's exactly right. It's where we are discussing the the issue of compelling, mandating, forcing a church where we have freedom of religion in this country. We have First Amendment rights. Compelling a church and mandating a church to go and do something that is directly. Uh, Richard, against the teachings of the church, and 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 forcing individuals to do so. If you if you let's say let's say for instance that this stands, which I don't think it's going to stand, but let's say it stands, and 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 Catholic the Catholic Church and Catholic Charities and and Southern Baptists have to get out of the insurance business because we're not going to uh, we're not going to uh, subsidize that which we find unconscionable. Then. Everybody's going to be thrown into into healthcare systems where the Obama administration has dictated that every health insurer in the country must offer contraception and must offer abortifacients and sterilization procedures free as part of their coverage. Then an, an individual like myself is going to have to make a decision. Do I violate my conscience and insure my family? Or do I not insure my family? How un-American is that? No one has said that these policies have to cover abortions. That is absolutely false. That's not true. That's your your what? The morning after pill causes abortions. The morning after pill is not an abortion pill. The morning after pill. Well, you're just simply wrong. And that is a medical fact. It's a medical fact that it causes abortions. It causes post-conception abortions. It's an abortion. It's an abortion-inducing drug. It's unacceptable. It's an abortion. Well, you know, you're arguing with science now. You ask RU486. You ask the makers what it does, and 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 I've asked them, and I've been to their factory in France. This is not about RU486. This is about emergency contraception. 
Those are two different things. <laughs> Emergency contraception. Sorry, right. Ella, Ella, Ella is a version of RU-46. You're comparing water A contraception, by definition, prevents... Jamu, you got to stop with the with the, the long speeches here. There's three people on the line. I am telling you that a contraception is to prevent pregnancy. And this is after morning after pill. It's so long after it happened and con- conception in some cases has occurred. Son, I, I, I respect you, but you're not a doctor. And when you talk to medical professionals, they will tell you that emergency contraception, the morning after pill, is not an abortion pill. Those two things are different. Because there that's what the left, there. That's what the left wants everybody to believe. Son, it's simply not true. Now, what I'm trying to show you that, yeah, there's a similarity between water and hydrochloric acids, but they're <laughs> not the two same things. And that's what you're comparing. But, but back to the original point. Emergency contraception. Back that's to the original point. You're simply wrong. Back to You're the original point. You wouldn't want to live in a world where churches are compelled and mandated by law. And I will I will predict if they really push this far, I can see pastors and bishops and priests and others uniting together and maybe even going to jail in the end over this. Uh, who knows after the amount of money or they'll be bankrupted from hiring anybody. And that means that's going to impact the poor and the services well, that churches Sean- provide. I just want to ask the question one time, one more time. Let's let's assume that this stands, and Southern Baptists have to get out of the insurance business, and Obamacare you pay goes huge into fines. place, and Obamacare says every every health insurance uh, program in the country has to offer this. Then I'm in the position, and every other Baptist minister and any other conscientious Baptist who believes what I believe, or Catholics who believe what Catholics believe. They're faced then with, do I insure my family and buy an insurance policy that pays for these things and violate my conscience, or do I not insure my family with health insurance and pay a fine for, for protecting my conscience? So That's it comes unconscionable down in the United States of America. I agree. It's unconscionable. I'll give you uh, the last word here, Jamo. 98% of women, 98% of Catholic women, According to who? Birth control. I don't believe those statistics for a second. My last word will be the statement from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops that they just released. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops sees initial opportunities in preserving the principle of religious freedom after President Obama's announcement today. Period. Well, we're going to leave it there. And my final, Sean, my final word will be, are we really going to require individuals Mm -hmm. in the United States of America to pay for that which they find unconscionable or else go without health insurance. And so you get the gist of what we're faced with, a distortion, a lie. She says it's not so black and white. This is what Satan says. God says in Revelation, let your yes be yes, your no be no. And in fact, if you're in the middle, in other words, if it's not just black and white or it's just a yes and no, but a little bit of both, it says Jesus will spew you out of his mouth. He'll vomit you out. This is black and white. It's clear. It's crisp. And she also, to correct something else, she said about the Catholic, largest Catholic health organization in the United States. This was ran, from what I remember, by a nun who was and initially did make a statement and she's very liberal, and a lot of people, including some bishops, got upset with her because she endorsed Obamacare with these things in it. But now that they couldn't get it changed, she's even turned against Obama. So that's not even accurate what she portrayed there. And what about the Knights of Columbus? Many don't realize that they're, they're an insurance organization. That's what they started for, with also with these principles of what they do with knighthood. And so we have these things, and you have people sitting there telling us and preaching to people out there that the morning after pill is not abortion pill. And here's this pastor telling he's been to the he's been to the factory in France. He did his homework. I don't need that, but some people might need to see that and understand that. Don't believe the devil. That's why Jesus, when they came up, the possessed people would come up and say, You're the Messiah. And Jesus would sit there and say, Be silent. Because he didn't want the devil to speak and confuse the people. Do you see the game of the devil? Once he gets your ear, which he had the people's ear in the Bible when it says, 
when he comes up and he's calling you the Messiah, people say, whoa, look. Even the devil proclaims him the Messiah because they believe Jesus to be, the people believe Jesus to be the Messiah. And so the tactic of the devil now, he's got the people's ear, is now to tell, tell just like this woman did on the air with Sean Hannity, is start speaking untruth. And so Jesus says, silence, because he knew what he was going to do. So this is what this lady is doing, her distortions. She speaks so matter-of-factly, you could sit there and say, and Hannity rightly says, I don't believe those statistics for a minute about how many Catholic women are using these things. So where does that bring us? That brings us to, we cannot and we will not comply with this unjust law. What does that mean? That means we need to look at the situation and where do we go from there? I know people say, call your congressman. We're not going to get either party to fix this. Because evil has come to rule. It's not going away that way. It's going to come back by our living our faith. Our life, our, with our life. Our Lady said in January 25th, 2012, with your lives witness faith. If we cannot and we will not, we comply with this unjust law. What's the consequences at this point? Because Obama's not going to change this. This is perfectly clear that this was just a, a shell game to pretend you're not doing it and you're still going to be paying your insurance and you're still going to be for, forced to do this. So what do we look at? We have to realize that it's not just an unjust law. It goes really beyond that. It's a law against nature. And we had the circumstances that birth the United States of America were not near, not even close to the violation of the natural law is this and what's being imposed with many other things that's going to come after this. The strongest time to fight this, the strongest moment to beat it is when they first assaulted. And that's what the bishops are saying. This is an assault on religious liberty. That's the U.S. bishops saying this. I've been saying it for years. Other people have been saying it for years. We've been writing about it. But now we have the bishops saying this is an assault on religious liberty. And so what happened when the birth of the nation? It was about a tax, a tea tax. But they understood so strongly the foundational principles of, of oppression and where it leads to, if you don't stop it at the right time, you can stop it. These taxes, they keep doing this, they go to the next thing. And so what did they do? They looked at themselves as one people. And they wanted to break us up. November 2nd. 2011, Our Lady says, with the fullness of heart, that you can be one people in God's family. And they're trying to break that up. They don't want us to be one people. And over 200 years ago, what did the forefathers do with this nation? This nation has spread Christian principles and defended them across the world. They wrote the Declaration of Independence. And they start off with these words. Just like Elias says, one people in God's family. They start off, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands that have connected them with another and assume among the powers of the earth The separate and equal stations in which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. There's laws of nature we're entitled to by God, not by government. We are free. Nobody can take this away from us. Do you understand that? November 25th, 1987. God has given to you, to all, a freedom, which I lovingly respect and humbly submit to. Our Lady's saying this. She submits to your freedom because why? Just like the forefathers wrote. God entitled them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind and requires that they should declare the cause to impel them to separation. Well, I'm sorry, before that. Powers of the earth, separate and equal stations in which the laws of nature and nature's gods entitled them. In other words, they recognize what our lady is telling us today. God has given you all a freedom which I lovingly respect and hum humbly submit to. Nobody can take that away from you. And what about this from Our Lady, August 2nd, 
1986. I am with you, but I cannot take away your freedom. Wow, the mother of God, she who has everything. And, and who is she? Think about this. The, the priest can call God down from heaven to the altar. But that power has not been given to the priest over Our Lady. Think about that for a few moments. The priest who's been given the power to call God down from heaven upon the altar has not been given the power over the Virgin Mary. And her great power, she tells us, but I, who's I? This woman that can't even, nobody's over. That's why she can come to Medjugorje. That's why she can do the things she's doing now. She can't be trapped. She can't be contained. She spontaneously appears and she's going to heal the world. She's showing us what to do. But she says, but I cannot take away your freedom. And our forefather says, God entitles them, or rather, the separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitles them. Our rights, our freedom is from God. Nobody can take that away. Nobody can force you by law, any law, to pay for somebody else's abortion, sterilization, birth control, etc. So if our lady says, I cannot take away your freedom, if our lady says, God has given you all a freedom which I lovely and humbly submit to. She submits to that. It's a huge, huge gift. Then if God can't take away our freedom, neither can the government. It is ours unless we give it away. And we're giving it away. Just take care of me. Do this. Do that. Government, come after me. We've given away something that God himself will respect so much that the mother of God humbly submits to and we're free. But we're binding ourselves. We're entitled to this freedom. Not through government, not from government, but from God. Our bishop's right and this is the letter from our bishop here in Birmingham, we cannot and will not comply with this unjust law. People of faith cannot be made second-class citizens. We are encouraged that members of all faiths and many other good people, or the people of goodwill, will have joined us in this vital effort to protect religious liberty in our country. Throughout our history as a nation, the church has always been able to count on its faithful members to stand up and protect her sacred rights. Rights against what? Against this religious assault on liberty. Our bishops are standing up. The Catholic faithful, the Protestants, people as principal believe in the Christian values, even if they don't want to be Christian. That religious liberty, quote, our bishop, the religious liberty in our nation is under attack. And they go on and say, through this administration. So what do we do? Well, if they revolted over our T-tax, what are we to do now? This is a much graver, serious responsibility. Our lady wants to call us in one family. And the one people 200 years ago said, the desire of the political bands that bind us. What does that mean? It means that natural law, when violated, does not have to be obeyed. So what do they write? They say that whenever, in the Declaration of Independence, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, and this is definitely destruction, it is, it is the right of the people, our lady tells, family of God, to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to have them or, or as to to them shall seem most likely affect their safety and their happiness. 
governments long established should not be changed for light and transit reasons. And I'm not advocating that. I'm advocating we go back to the principles of what was established 200 years ago because we don't have that now, people. You think our lady's not coming about this? What do we read about the beginning in the churches? We've given up our religious liberties. Even the pastors to be able to stand on the, and priests to stand up on the altar and say something. But we've been given a green light now. Because bishops across this land, both liberal, conservative, moderate, are all speaking about this. So what does it mean? It means we need to go back to the Declaration to fight the, for our religious liberty, just like they did. You say, well, that was a document that's historical. That happened a long time ago. When they wrote, whenever these forms of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to abo- alter or abolish it, to institute new government. When a long train abuses, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Oh, that's a historical document? Well, you've been conditioned and brainwashed by revisionists who are the same people who are taking now this moment to gain the power. Now's the time. They've got it. Let's take it. Let's go for it. This is the moment. Everything shows this. Evil has come true. They've got the power. They've got the law. They've got everything on the side. And I want to interject. It's our fault. We quit living the Sabbath, God's Lord's the holy day. When you do this, everything else falls apart. It's our broken window. Read, look what happened while you're sleeping. That explains it very clearly. You won't be able to deny it. You can't object to it. It's black and white. So, if this is a historical document that the revisionists have told us this, changed all our history books, changed all the school books, teaching the kids this, has now grown up believing these things, why did Abraham Lincoln, after 85 years... said this about the Declaration of Independence. He says, quote, The government with its institutions belongs to the people who inhabit it. Whenever they shall grow weary of existing government, they can exercise a constitutional right of amending it or their revolutionary right to dismember or overthrow it. He's in the middle of a civil war and he's claiming even the South has the right to do what they do. He's fighting it. He acknowledges the right. A hundred years after that was written, Lincoln obviously did not see it as a historical document, but rather it had value for this day as well as for the days and guidance, especially in restoring Christian principles. It is the revisionists who have taught, indoctrinated, and led us to believe the Declaration is only a historical value. But Lincoln's own words state in another quote, Our fathers established these great self-evident truths that posterity might look upon, again, the Declaration of Independence and take courage to renew the battle which their fathers began so that truth and Christian virtues might not be extinguished from the land. Our Lady appeared, said, I've come because faith is extinguishing itself. Think about that. You're hearing incredible things and quotes wedded to incredible words of Our Lady. These moments she's come for 30 years is materializing. You're in the moment. Are you going to seize it or are we going to lose it? As individuals, my children, you cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rue in the world and destroy it. But according to God, all together... She goes on and says, we can heal the world. You don't need to heal something that's not gravely on its deathbed, including this nation. That's what we're faced with. And if we're on the deathbed in this nation, no other nation on earth has hope. No other nation. It'll begin here. It began in Medjugorje. Our lady came here, did some incredible things. She's accepted consecrations in the field on July 4th, 08 and 09. Come with three angels. We contrive in that. We force her to bring three angels. We force her to give a message. We force her to give a message that says, thank you for our prayers. She's tied to this. Do you see it? 
So our lady said she's come. When she first came to Missouri several times, she, faith has extinguished itself. Abraham Lincoln's quoting about the decoration that his reverency, a hundred years after it was written, is still, still applies. And he says, fathers began so the truth and Christian virtues might not be extinguished from the land. Now, my countrymen, if you have been taught doctrines conflicting with the great landmarks of the Declaration of Independence, let me entreat you to come back to the truths that are in the Declaration of Independence. One people. To dissolve the political bands which have connected them to another. To assume among powers of the earth the separate equal stations which laws of nature and nature's God entitles them. Freedom. Our liberties do not come from the government or anybody. It comes from God and he won't violate that. So the truth of the Declaration, Abraham Lincoln says, what is truth? God is truth. Lincoln said to come back to the Declaration that Christian virtue might not be extinguished in the land. The extinguishing of Christian virtue is exactly what is happening in the present time. Have you been taught doctrines conflicting with the Declaration of Independence? This law that we're going to be first to, forced to do is against natural law. That's in the Declaration of Independence. That can't happen. God entitled it to us, not the government. And so it is as said before. If God can't take away our freedom, neither can the government. It's only ours unless we give it away. So we've been given doctrines and conflict with the Declaration. We all have. Every institution across this land has revisionist changes core belief and principles. These are the moments we live. So where do we go from here? Well, the bishops are saying, we cannot, we will not comply with this unjust law. It really should say, we cannot, we will not comply with this, with this unnatural law. What does this mean? Rick Warren is a pastor who's well known. He wrote, um, what is it, the... Um, Focus, I mean, about life, principle of life, I forget the title of it. It became well known because of that. But he put out a statement that he'll stand with Catholics. He said he'd go to jail for this. Well, let's take this to another step. Because then Obama just did a, a shell game again, as I said earlier, about, well, we won't, we're going to let the, we're going to give you a loophole, okay? You can just say, see, he don't even understand our principles, even though he claims to be a Christian. He thinks because, oh, okay, we'll do that. Okay, we'll let you take stuff out of our gift shop here when we got thousands of people here. We have to fund this mission. We have to fund the events when Maria's here. The gift shops have to do that. And we got one of those days, which is a big loss for us. But we're going to honor the Lord's Day, so we shut down our gift shop. We can say, oh, you, we trust everybody here. You come and get what you want, and then come back Monday to pay for it. You think God delights in that? You think God's going to delight? Okay, you do health insurance, but when they want, who works for you, an abortion or something, or sterilization, they, the, your insurance company's got to give that free. It's garbage. So when this woman at the end said, oh, the Catholic bishop said, this is a good step toward the right direction. No, it's not. You've got to understand your enemy. Sun Tzu, a warrior of 3,000 years ago, which all the military academies still study, said that you must know your enemy. So we need to understand we have an enemy against Christianity that's in some ways unseen but seen with a group of people that are bent on the destruction. Do we need to pray for them? Do we need to ask for the conversion? Yes. Is it going to happen? It could. But they have to have good will. And we're dealing with people with bad will. Peace to man of good will. Conversion to man of good will. Not everybody's going to convert. So don't get hung up on that level. So where do we go from here? Well, Rick, Rick Ryan thinks it's worth going to jail over. I don't think it's worth going to jail for. We need to look at the realize that the Declaration of Independence, what it, what it gives us. 
to live our faith means we got to stand up against this. It's unnatural law. So who's breaking the law? We aren't breaking law. So if we don't comply with this, and this is where we go to the next level, it's not call your congressman. Well, this is over. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take the wind out of the sail with what the bishops are doing. But we're dealing with evil. You think we're going to call a congressman? We're beyond the Democratic Party. We're beyond the Republican Party. We're beyond any party out there. Ali tells us, it's with my son you can change everything and heal the world. It's not going to come through the congressman, through the president. Ali gave a message. Peace will not come through the president. Is it important who we get? Yeah. But that comes through God. That's a secondary thing. Our lives, I live in our faith, I live in the Sabbath, the Lord's holy day. These are going to be the means. And standing up. So is it worth going to jail for? No, it's not. Maybe a noble thing Rick Ryan's saying. But what we need to say back in return and where we go with this is we, we've got the power as one people to overthrow this, change the system, they had a legal right 250 years ago to start this nation. We have a legal right now to correct this grave oppression. As the pastor said, objectionable, conscious, breaking our conscience, or natural law. So the question must be posed, and this is where we need to develop to it, this thinking, is if I'm saying it's not worth, and, I, and it should, we all should possess this thought, it's not worth going to jail for, we need to be asking them who are imposing this, is it worth you going to jail for? We don't need to go to jail for this. We don't need to stop. We're within natural law. There's no valid law here that has to be obeyed. So don't recognize that we and concede that we can go to jail for this. These tyrannical people, exactly as how Hitler took over and people who have passed have done the exact same thing. You better wake up because this is the battle. I'm going to tell you, if we lose this, the second battle we'll have will be weakened. This is the line in the sand. We, this is black and white. We don't cross this. We don't do it. And they go to jail, including Obama as the president, if he imposes this. They're breaking natural law. We're in the right. We're in the moral right. It's church teaching. It's Christian principles. And we're not at the point where we have to be standing there and be carried in the Colosseum and eaten by the lions. We have the authority and the power now to do this. And you better educate yourself. I'm telling you, if you've read, look what happened when you're sleeping. Read it again. If you haven't, reread it. And if you don't want to read it, you don't like reading, go to the 17th chapter and read that chapter. And precede the end of the 16th chapter with that. So the end of the 16th chapter and the 17th chapter. And if that don't hook you enough to say, I'm going to go back to the beginning and read it, I don't know what will. You're asleep. You're not going to wake up. And that will kill you in your sleep. So, actually, we got this on audio, too. You can get If you don't like to read, we got it on audio. You can download it, I believe, on Medge.com free. Listen to it. This is a time. This is real. Everything happening is in this book, written five years ago. To the message. So it's very important that you understand you don't have to stand still on this thing. We have March 18th coming up, Mariana's apparition, annual apparition. Our lady told her, even though it's her birthday, it's not for her birthday, it's for something important that's going to happen in the future. We're being told that by April we'll probably be in war with Iran. Will it happen? We've heard from behind the scenes people say, hey, we're getting ready for it. If Israel don't do it, we're going to do that. March 18th just precedes April. With earnest, I look forward to this message. Will this be the big one? Who knows what? But one thing you need to evaluate is your thinking and your mentalities. And as this writing Ruth read, make no mistake, every political question is, at its roots, a moral issue. This is moral issues. John Paul called for Christians to get active. The problem is, is we've been busy putting food on our table and letting the political people go do what they do. And it's time to clean house, literally clean house. The issues we face today, the moral issues, the political issues, 
are bigger than what this nation was founded upon. And they, in the course of human events, said when it becomes necessary for one people, our lady, November 2nd, 2011, that you can become one people in God's family, the Declaration of Independence, to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, to assume among powers of the earth the separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitles them. Am I being re- repetitive? You bet I am. Just like our lady. I want you to understand these principles. Anybody teaches you otherwise are against truth. Truth is God. They're removing God across this nation. They're rearranging the family. They're arranging the proper order of everything. Where do you stand up and where do you stand? So we don't have to go to jail for this because we're not going to violate the law. It's not just an unjust law. It's a non-existent law. You can't make law. There is no authority to make law, not from the president, not from Congress, no authority to make a law that's against natural law. So we're not violating anything. They are. And they're the ones that we need to band together and put in jail. And we need to promote and put that thought forward. Everybody, Protestants, Muslims, whoever you are out there, non-believers, let them know we won't stand for this. This is it. If we don't get this, how will we be saved? By going to the Coliseum. I think he's given an opportunity. Use this time well. This is it. Frank's been on hold for a long time. Are you there, Frank? Yeah. Well, it doesn't get any more abominable than this. The church defines life from conception to natural death. And it couldn't be more clear. You want Christians to join in and help you come after our children and grandchildren. This is abominable. This is anti-American. But I don't even want to want to go there. But I did what you suggested um, and began reading, Look What Happened While You're Sleeping, again, I haven't read it in a while, uh, this Sunday. And the promises for living the Lord's Day in sacred scripture were unbelievable, and I'm experiencing this in my own life and others that are called to do things in business, which I can go more into what we're doing, but God's power for living the Lord's Day is unbelievable, and these promises in Scripture, there is no other answer. Our Lady says we can do nothing individually, but all together, we're all members of the same body. We all have different roles, different charisms. Clearly, Our Lady has put you in the community in a position to attack these things from an offensive, from the attack on the power of femininity, how to change your husband, from the attack in everybody's home, to the television, the media, the lies that are completely controlled by money powers that are making these laws. I see far. And once that way is cleared, the answer. Look what happened while you're sleeping. And it ain't going to happen. This started attacking natural law when we moved to fiat money. Only gold and silver will be money in the United States. Article 1, Section 10. Don't dismantle our Constitution. Don't push anti-Americanism on us. In globalism. We need to understand that it ain't going to happen. And all these writings are something far more than we're able to see right now. And I can't imagine what future generations will think of us. Just to think about the things that we're talking about today, it's abominable. Well, this is... This is it. This is the time. There's, there's no more time. It's very obvious the grab has been made. It's been, you know, do we start last year, they say, or think? Does the mentality start the year before? They they know that everything's coming, the, the last chance, the election's coming up. Everything now is either now or never. Will they succeed or will they not succeed? And, of course, it's going to happen through Christ. 
All right, he says, you can't do it with yourself. We can't think we're going to power our way through this. But our witness, as I said on just in January, the message, your lies witness faith. And we have to do this. If you need to get a hold of us about Look What Happened When We're Sleeping, you can call 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. Frank, if they need you about some of the other questions about the situation they find themselves in economically, uh, give them your number. You can also um, call us about about all these things, about the, the substance that we're talking about. Look what happened while you're sleeping. These type of things that everybody should read and distribute. Our number is 877-936-7686. You can contact us by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. We have a general information page uh, at um, our website, globalsilverinvestors.com. Any final comment you want to make, Frank? Yeah, that this is the writings are the most important thing, and this is this is what I believe Our Lady saying all together. Now we all have a role. This is this is their role, and this is how we should unite together by getting back into these readings and um, and spreading. Look what happened while you're sleeping. We have anything can happen. We have um, this show that should be spread. You should. Get some funds. Buy Look What Happened When You're Sleeping. You can buy it in volume very cheap. Give this out. The best way to change people is to form, inform people. Our Lady wants us to be aware of the truth. And we're not aware of that. And when you become aware of your truth, you realize your freedom is being infringed on. The, the bishops are saying that religious liberty is under assault. I'm saying this, that like they, it's not like they revealed that. We've been saying this for a long time. But we're becoming... This evil is pushing us into being one. Now that we see pride has come to rule, Satan has come to rule. And so I want to leave you with those two messages of August 2nd, 2011. You cannot stop the evil that wants to begin to rule in the world and destroy it. But according to the will of God's will, all together with my son, you can change everything and heal the world. And then, of course, February 2nd, 2012. My children... Pride has come to rule. And so we're not talking about being boastful. Lady says to follow that. She says, I point out humility. Is a hum- humility. Humility is to stay on truth, to recognize truth. But we're not a, we're not a rollover. We're not just going to roll over and just give everything away. All our liberties. We're not going to sit there and stand for that. And don't stand for it. Well, we'll go to jail for that because I'm seeing this, reading about it different everywhere. We might have to go to jail for this. Don't go to jail for it. Get this... Get this mentality out. We don't have to. We might if we don't stand up here. Or I tell you, if we don't stand up at this this line, this battle, we will be going to jail. And not only will we be going to jail, our lives will be taken. And we should be willing to have our lives taken. But don't go there. You don't have to go to jail for law that is against nature. Stand up against it. How do you do that? It's very interesting. And the message I want to end with was January 2nd almost a little over a year ago, 2011. And again, our lady says, you're God's family. You know, the same thing, oneness. The same oneness the Declaration of Independence referred to. A document that pertains to, to us today. Even when a president today signs any legal document, he dates it not from the Constitution of the United States, he dates it from the Declaration of Independence. And he remarkably puts on the end of the year of our Lord, and they date it from the time of July 4th, uh, 1776, to this day today. They're dating it from the Declaration. That's when the time starts. It didn't start with the Constitution. This document is, is applicable today. And it will show us the way and what we have to do. But Our Lady gave a remarkable message referring to that you are God's family. Then she says, through you, the spiritual freedom of will, which the Heavenly Father has given to you. Again, this freedom of will, which the Heavenly Father has given to you, you're called to be cognizant of the truth. The good or the evil. We have facing us full frontal, not something that's gray, but something that's black and white. Good or the evil. And you need to be constant of that. 
That's Our Lady's words. It's a remarkable message. In discovering the Father, you will be directed to carrying out God's will is after this message. It ends that way. So, seek truth. Really put your heart to this in prayer and fasting. And think about where this is going. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.